0: Dad? Her voice cracked slightly. Hmm? Arya leaned against the stone-topped island. Can ghosts send text messages? Her father looked up, surprised and confused. What's a text message? Hello, and welcome to Chapter Surfing. This is the podcast where I, Lenny Burnham, talk about TV shows and the books that they're based on. This first episode is going to be on Pretty Little Liars, which is written by Sarah Shepard and adapted for TV by I, Marlene King. And I'm being joined by Jane Crape, the prettiest little liar. Ah, you are. Um, So one of the things that made me want to do this podcast is sort of the idea of People can be sort of watching an entirely different show based on if they already read the books and what they thought of the books and sort of like the order they're experiencing everything in. So um, I want to start everything by talking about uh, sort of like what journey you went on as far as like the order of reading things and what you thought of them and everything like that.
1: Of course. So I started Pretty Little Liars, the TV show when it premiered, uh, I believe in 2010. And I watched it sort of in time with the release for a while, dropped off around season five, then kind of picked it back up in college and became like a super fan uh, with like a Twitter account about it. And I was on all the like theory wiki boards about who A was and I had my own theories. Um, and I, But I never read the books <laughs> at all. I never tried. <laughs> uh, I'm not a nerd. Um, but actually, I'm so happy we're doing this because the book is so fun and like... I liked it enough that you've actually now given me book number two, <laughs> which I'm now reading not for this podcast, just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's making me want to rewatch the show again after having read the books.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm also glad you picked this. Uh, the book turned out to be a wild ride. Um, I Yeah, I sort of watched it sporadically the first few seasons, and then I think around around. Four four or five, I got hired to recap it, so I started watching it every week and learning a lot more about it. Uh, But yeah, this is also my first time reading the books. Um, So we only read the first book, uh, but we've both seen the entire show, and probably you should just expect spoilers from everything for everything, (laughs) Uh, I think. uh, Even though we've only read the first book, we've probably heard a lot about the books, so just, uh, yeah, complete spoiler warnings for everything. so, I feel like the biggest surprise with the book is that the entire first book is just the pilot. Yeah, that was fucking insane to
1: me. I was like, this is gonna go up either to the first A reveal, which in the show is the season two finale, uh, or is it the season three? Oh, that's embarrassing. I don't know this. Um, but, or that it would at least go until like the season one finale which is, like, the clock tower, Ian shit. Uh, But no, this is truly just one episode of TV (laughs) in, like, a 300-page book.
0: Yeah, which sort of sounds like I feel like when you just say that the pi- the whole first book is just the pilot, that sort of sounds like they did an insane job adapting it. But really, like they didn't have that much of a choice because um, they're like not even friends until the very <laughs> end of the book. Like, can you imagine if this first book was a whole season and just be like them all just like being like, it's weird. I keep getting these messages and like yeah. I haven't talked to my friends in three years. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I was amazed at how much of the book, because it's the pilot, is them separated. Like, it's truly... It almost takes on a structure of, like, here's a Spencer chapter, here's a Hannah chapter, here's an Arya chapter, here's an Emily chapter, then another Hannah. Like, it just, like... we, we they, they just get their own little vignettes, and then at the very end, it's like, fucking A.
0: <laughs> yeah, which I feel like that did sort of, like kill the story momentum a little bit and, like, make it a little less exciting. But I also, one thing I liked about it is um, it is kind of, like, important that they've drifted off. And you do actually, like, have a sense of that, whereas I feel like in the show, just because it's so brief, it just sort of, like, is a cut to, like, Arya coming home and seeing Emily and being like, oh, we haven't hung out in a while. You don't really, like, Mm -hmm. get the same sense of, like, how how uh, long ago this friendship was and how much time they've spent, like, missing each other. Yeah, in the TV show,
1: the cold open is them as friends, and then it's one year later when they're really not, and in the book, it's a similar timeline, but it seems, like, much longer, and, like, having them constantly mention that when they were friends was seventh grade, like, really puts into perspective of, like, that isn't current, like, that's very childish, now they're, like, in high school.
0: Yeah, the book definitely gives you way more of a sense of, like, how young they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, especially how young they were in that flashback, which makes it just, like, insane, because, like, just, like, the way they talk about Allie, just, like, constantly (laughs) being like, she's a hot slut, but she's a bitch, and you're just like, that is a (laughs) 13-year-old. It's so weird. It's also even crazier,
1: because specifically in the TV show, she's the only one who's, like, actually young. All the actors Mm -hmm. in the pilot are, like, 30. And then not only is she an actual teen, is she was like actually younger than Allison, I think. So I think it was all these like 30 year olds and then she was like 13.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so weird. She was legitimately 13 when they filmed the pilot. I think, um, did you watch that behind the scenes special with me before the finale aired with the cast? I feel like we watched it together. I think so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that story Trojan told where like during a break, she was like, oh my god, like, you're such a good actress, you really reminded me of teenage girls from back in the day. It, like, took me back, and Sasha's (laughs) like, I'm, like, an actual child.
1: (laughs) Meanwhile, the actress who plays Maya is, like, in her fucking 30s.
0: (laughs) Oh god, yeah. For those who don't know, Maya is the same actress who played Bianca on Buffy the Vampire, or, sorry, not, Bianca's not the character name. She played Kendra on Buffy the Vampire Slayer in 1997. That is a real fact about her. She
1: She's also on Teen Wolf, and I think after Pretty Little Liars. Like, she is having a I career. But I think in Teen
0: Wolf, she at least plays, like, a faculty member, right? She's, like,
1: the daughter of the vet. It's so vague <laughs> about, like, wait, what's your age? I think you're right, though. Oh, she's definitely... Okay. She's not, but like, on a um, student.
0: I think in American Horror Story, which was after Pretty Little Liars, she was a high school freshman. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, so that's insane. Um, I think the reason Sasha Peters is so young is because since Allie only appears in flashbacks, they needed her to, like, look younger longer than the others. Um, Because, yeah, like, although at the same time, it's like, would 30 and 33 have been that different? (laughs) (laughs) If we're already casting adults.
1: In the end, she was a strong pick.
0: She was very, very good, yeah.
1: It was like, but you're right, it was, like, much more obvious in the books of, like, there's so much awkwardness and like something i clocked was that like in the books when Arya sees emily after coming back she like doesn't know how to act and then in the tv show they immediately hug they're immediately like oh my god hey
0: (laughs) (laughs) and in the book emily's like where were you like (laughs) yeah the um it is so strange uh noticing the difference in the tv show i think they're like they're you know, decent actors, like they don't do a bad job, but it is just like, oh, these are like well-composed adult women who like know how to carry themselves. <laughs> I, I feel like the the thing that stands out the most is um, something I found really charming in the book is just like how gay Emily is. Yes. And how much like being around a pretty girl just like makes her brain explode. And I feel like in the TV show, it's much more like Shay Mitchell is like shy, but she's like, Knows how to conduct herself around people.
1: Yeah, in the pilot episode, her and Maya's little like cheek, like almost kiss is so lame. It's like, <laughs> like they giggle immediately and it's so foolish. In the book, Emily, who like is constantly talking about her appearance in a way that like I feel like a teenager actually would, or thinking about her appearance, where she's like, oh god like i'm too muscular from swimming and like my hair's all damaged from like chlorine and then they cast like shampoo model like uh, shea mitchell (laughs) who's perfect and would like not really have those same teenage insecurities
0: (laughs) yeah it is that's always a weird thing when like um people in books are supposed to be like they're like pretty the way like the girls who actually went to your school are pretty and then they cast people who are like you are pretty for a tv actress <laughs> yeah i will
1: say the tv show opens with don't trust me by 303 and like i love that i don't know why the book didn't do that
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know oh, i did not think the song existed yet <laughs> um so what were what were some other, uh, some of the biggest uh, surprises for you or like just things that leapt out as like very different when you read the book? I was
1: amazed how much Andrew Campbell was like in the fucking book because he does not, yeah. he doesn't show he up was,
0: until like season four or five. <laughs> he was literally, I think, the only person anyone like solidly suspected of being A in the, in the first book, right?
1: Yeah, Spencer kept being like, Ugh, I bet it's Andrew Campbell watching me. And like, there's this whole thing that I kept thinking about where like, I guess when they find Allie's body, she has, like, like, just, like, some type of trauma and kind of shuts down. And apparently Andrew gets, like, a blanket and, like, wraps it around her and takes care of her. And it's very sad because her parents,
0: like, leave her there. Okay. Not caring. (laughs) Since you brought up Spencer's family, that was insane in this book. So, um, so in the TV show... In the pilot, all that happens between Spencer and Wren is they, like, see each other in bathing suits and have, like, a flirty moment, right? Am I remembering that? <laughs> he correctly? he does do a little bit of, like, oh,
1: your bursa sack is filled with liquid and, like, tries to give her a little oh, bik- right. He they gives her the, a little massage scene.
0: in the bikini.
1: But, yeah, that's it. They don't go farther yeah. yet.
0: So in the book, they're, like, fully naked and, like, about to have sex yep. before melissa walks in which is insane like that was something also how long
1: was she watching them <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that was unclear
0: <laughs> um, yeah so uh, um yeah that was something that really surprised me about the books was just like how much they bone down yep. and how much they bone down even like back in seventh grade like there's a part where yes. she, they mention like spencer and allison going in the woods with two <laughs> with two boys
1: the moment where Arya is like, Ezra and I, like, she goes to his apartment because he has no fucking willpower and, like, he g- drunk-dialed his student <laughs> while she was at a high school party and was like, come over, um, is she's like, oh, we almost had sex. And then at the exact same time, <laughs> we said we shouldn't. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure
0: that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, uh, so Ren and Spencer, like, almost have sex uh, before Melissa walks in. And then Melissa tells Spencer's parents, and everyone is fucking mad at Spencer and not like, it sucks we let a pedophile into our house. And, yeah. Um,
1: they're like, oh, you ruined this great thing for Melissa. And it's like, yes! what, dating a dude? Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so horrifying. They're really and cruel to her about it. <laughs> yeah. They're just aggressively like, you are in trouble because <laughs> an adult man tried to have sex with you. It's really painful to read. Um, and I don't, like maybe there are like some people who have that attitude about it in real life, um, but it feels very alarming for like something aimed at teen girls to be like, if people find out, you will get in trouble. Yes! That's like what pedophiles tell them to get away <laughs> with it. <laughs> Also, like,
1: aren't parents usually just like trying to get their kids to like not fucking fight? I feel like they wouldn't be like, all right, well, one of you is clearly like the good one and the other one is the villain and we're gonna treat you as such.
0: Yeah, well even before that, Spencer's parents are kind of like cartoon supervillains because they have that horrifying game where they're just like, okay, who did the most today? And Spencer, that she got a good me. score on her PSA, uh, PSATs, and they literally kick Melissa out of the room that she had and give Spencer her room because of the PSAT score. And it's like, this is not how you should decide things when you're parenting. Which is, like, also after they
1: kicked out, or, like, gave it to Melissa instead of Spencer because Melissa was, like, dating a doctor? Like, <laughs> which, like, they were so happy. Like, But he's, like, not even a real doctor. <laughs> Yeah. He's like a baby That's doctor cool. student. <laughs> and based on things later in the show, I'll say, as like a series watcher and someone with theories, I'm not so sure Ren is a real doctor.
0: Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, the Ren stuff really snuck up on me because I, I, like, think so much about Ezra and spend so much time hating Ezra yeah. that it just, like... Reading it, I was like, oh, right, there's a fucking second pedophile that I have to be mad at.
1: Second in the pilot. If you go through the entire series, like, more spoilers, like, oh, there's, there's at least a handful.
0: There's so many pedophiles. We meet but Wilden
1: like... in the pilot, and we find out that he almost impregnated Allie in the
0: past, like, when she was in seventh grade. <laughs> but it feels like a lot of them are, like condemned as being, like, bad creeps, and then there's other pedophiles who are, like, just romantic interests. I yep. feel like Ren kind of rides the line
1: between yeah. those. And he later yeah. has some stuff with, like, Hannah, so it's clear, like, this is not... S- Spencer is not, like, a special circumstance, <laughs> right? Like, it's clear he likes younger girls.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um. Yeah, that aspect of both the books and the show is just very alarming and weird. It's like, On the one hand, I do sort of, like, get it from, like, remembering high school. I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to imagine myself with, like, other other high school boys. They're, like, mean and smell bad, and they still, like, look like (laughs) 12-year-olds. So, like, of course I'm going to imagine myself with an adult. So, like, in that aspect, I, like, get the fantasy, but it is just, like, very creepy that it's, like... You know, like, in real life, your teacher who had sex with you isn't just going to be, like, a chill romantic interest you end up marrying.
1: Yeah, like, they literally get married. Um, (laughs) No, after watching the show going into the books, I was kind of like, huh, I feel like this show probably made everything seem a lot sweeter and nicer to kind of appeal to, like, fans and the ships and, like... I don't know. Like, it's free form, and, like, I feel like Marlene King, you know, clearly has some taste issues. <laughs> and I was like, I bet the book is probably actually being way more, like, condemning of this or, like, and making more commentary on it or something. The book feels very pedophilic. Like, it's super yeah, on board with a lot all of this. Like,
0: and also, I feel like the show usually shows sort of, like, making out and then, like, cuts away, but they're, like, yeah. very descriptive like trying to be like erotic scenes between the teenagers and the adults in the book.
1: I'll also say maybe this is like me being old fashioned or like ignorant or something but I was like oh this is like a book for teens and I started reading it and I was like this book says fuck like every other page
0: like (laughs) how is this for teens? I I did love Ezra's holy fuck when he saw Arya in the classroom. Yeah.
1: I did say I was very upset that that was uh, edited so much for Mm -hmm. the TV show. The fact that we don't get him doing the whole, like, there's a bee in my pants. (laughs) That is
0: nuts. (laughs) Is Uh. cruel.
1: Or Hannah loudly whispering, like, did you fuck the teacher?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was so good. (laughs) That was
1: my favorite part.
0: Okay, I'm gonna try (laughs) to find the bee in my pants Uh, segment to read it. Um, Oh, I think I I folded the page down. I almost kicked the show off with that and decided not to, but um, yeah, keep talking, and I'm gonna try and find this amazing paragraph to share with the listeners.
1: I'm gonna pull another quote that I highlighted. This is the first thing that I highlighted while reading the book, because I thought it was, like, kind of indicative of how weirdly specific this author writes. Is she... They run into, like, a group of girls named Chassie and Fi, you know. And the description- And, like, Chassie gets a long description of, like, something she did at school and, like, told the principal and whatever. And then it reads, And Fi Templeton went everywhere with a yo-yo. Enough said. And then that's all we get
0: about Fi Templeton.
1: And I was like, no, that's not enough said. I don't know why she carries a yo-yo
0: everywhere. Yeah, this- This book- I feel like um it's it's unfair when people say something feels like fan fiction because it's like there's uh there's a, a lot of things that can be fanfic uh, that's a wide variety of things yeah. but it's hard to describe this any other way cuz it just so badly reads like those like um every wattpad fanfic ever like joke type paragraphs <laughs> cuz it's like constantly describing everyone's brand name clothing like to an exhausting degree and all the flirtation is like so weird when we
1: meet Ezra he is wearing a button that says
0: smart women vote like yes (laughs) that would be such a good like like Ezra sometimes feels like it's supposed he's supposed to be like a satire like Joe Goldberg from you but then other times I'm like no this is 100% serious (laughs)
1: True. It feels like they're, like, really on his side in a way that's disappointing. Can I read another embarrassing Ezra selection? Yes. Okay. She'd felt so overcome thinking about it last night. She'd written a haiku about Ezra to express her feelings. Haikus were her favorite kind of poem. Then, pleased with how it turned out, she'd keyed it into her BlackBerry and texted it to the number Ezra had given her. That's their first interaction after hooking up in a bar bathroom. She writes a fucking haiku about him and texts it to him. Wow. That's a move I'm gonna steal. Also, these teens are, like, addicted to Wawa.
0: (laughs) That actually is very realistic East Coast (laughs) stuff. I feel like people from the East Coast will not fucking shut up about Wawa. And also, I do remember as a teen being, like, weirdly into, like, the gas station across the street from my school where I could Mm. get microwave burritos. I was super into our, like, supermarket, so I got that. Oh, I thought it
1: was, like, crazy that Emily has three siblings in the book, (laughs) and the show straight up kills all of them. The show was (laughs) like, no, you're an only child.
0: (laughs) Yeah, her family feels very different in the book and feels like it's basically, like, probably too similar to Spencer's because they're just like very uptight and like you have to be a swimming champion. Yeah
1: they're very one-dimensional and then I love how she's like oh god are my parents homophobic and then the twist is that they're actually racist.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's like okay good character development.
1: Also I did okay. find oh I found the b-section did you also find it?
0: Yes I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amazing.
0: Okay uh everybody here's the, probably the standout section from the book. Um, there was one word to describe yesterday's English class. Brutal. After Ezra blurted out, holy shit, the whole class turned and stared at her. Hannah Marin, who sat in front of her, whispered in a not-so-quiet voice, Did you sleep with the teacher? Aria considered for a half-second that maybe Hannah had written her the text message about Ezra. Hannah was one of the few people who knew about Pigtunia. But why would Hannah care? Ezra, er, Mr. Fitz, had dispelled the laughing quickly and come up with the lamest excuse for swearing in class. He said, and Arya quoted in her head, I was afraid that a bee had flown into my pants, and I thought the bee was going to sting me, and so I yelled out in terror. As Ezra, Ezra then started talking about five-paragraph themes and the class's syllabus, Arya couldn't concentrate. She was the bee that had flown into his pants. Pulitzer. Yeah. The, the writing in this book is so bad. Like I wish you guys could see like how all that was punctuated. Yeah. Um there's it often felt like a sort of like what's wrong with this picture where I would just like be (laughs) staring at a sentence and be like what's going on. The fact that they call Hannah Merritt Hannah Hannah Marin and this is like not the first chapter (laughs) of the book I thought was very strange. (laughs) She's the main character. (laughs) Is it just like trying to convey like how they've, like, drifted apart so much that they're, like, not on a first-name basis anymore. I guess so. (laughs) And I also thought it was very funny that, like, this whole time, this whole thing, Arya's just, like, remembering something in the car, and then suddenly it's, like, and Arya quoted in her head. (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about? And this writer did go to NYU, so this is actually just me and Jane kind of owning ourselves by talking about this. I
1: will say, this is by far... The most branded book I've ever read. It's
0: so weird. Because in, like, TV shows, when people are constantly like, I'm gonna use my Neutrogena and then take out my iPhone, they're, like, getting Paid.
1: But But books? No. She's
0: just doing this...
1: (laughs) For stylistic reasons. It's just for fun. Every page, it's like, so-and-so pulled out their Nokia smartphone and said, I want to go to Dunkin' Donuts to get a culotta at the King Prussia Mall. Also, this book thinks that the mall is, like, the coolest place to be.
0: Yeah, it's trying so hard, even though, like, she wasn't very old when she wrote this. She was, like, 27. So I feel like I shouldn't be, like, so, like, desperate to, like, be like, what are some things that teens like that I can name? I know, Um, right? There's a a part where it mentions Arya's phone, and I straight up had to Google it, and it's like a BlackBerry that I was like, teenagers did not have this Uh, when I was- Was it the
1: fucking trio?
0: Oh, no, it was a Palm Pilot, yeah. Yeah, no, I was like, what's
1: a trio? It kept chirping for her or whatever, and I was like, is that a phone? I don't-
0: (laughs) Yeah, when she gave the- I think it was Hannah as a sidekick, (laughs) and I was like, kick-ass, love that, but then she just ran out of cool phones after that. (laughs) Should we talk about Arya's
1: book report? I'm waiting for Gado.
0: Yes, <laughs> this is so fucking good. And this is this was one of the moments where I was like, oh, maybe this book is like a good comedy. Yeah, is it a good comedy. <laughs> That's like how uh, I feel. Because what happens is Arya's mom tells her, you know what impresses boys? A smart woman. So she's like, okay, I'm going to be smart. And she gives this report on Waiting for Godot where all she does is describe the time she actually saw it in a theater and just describing like what she wore and what they like served in the lobby and all this stuff. And Ezra has to like cut her off and be like, you're supposed to actually talk about the book. And she never like that that was stupid like through the rest of the book she's no. like my attempt being smart didn't impress him so what will impress him <laughs> the, literally like, i have you, you're a fucking dumbass of course it didn't impress him
1: i literally have the section pulled up and it's like the class snickered Arya shuffled back to her seat and sat down didn't he know she was creating ambiance like she <laughs> thinks it was good
0: <laughs> yeah
1: also, it does describe, I have to just mention this, it describes her outfit in this scene, which is her, like, sexy, smart, impress Ezra outfit, and it is a chunky coral necklace with an oversized lime green tote.
0: Yeah, she dresses like a fucking
1: 70-year-old art substitute teacher. <laughs> I was like, I actually, one of my notes when I watched the pilot though. after this, though, was I was like, oh, they made Arya way too normal for the show
0: oh yeah the show smooths them out so much um and I feel like watching the show I even kind of like didn't really get Arya's deal like she's kind of neutral as a character other than making like terrible life decisions see I- and then um reading the book it was like oh she's supposed to be like a twee like de Chanel weirdo and it's so like on the nose with like literally saying like she's so beautiful but she's so quirky <laughs> i yeah no so when i watched the show i mean
1: i thought aria was like pretty crazy because she's like always into art she calls her parents by like their first names she's like really precocious and i feel like she sometimes acts kind of like crazy uh but i always thought i was like oh huh, wow like This is kind of a boringly written character, and I feel like Lucy Hale is just putting, like, a weird energy into it that's, like, making Arya come across as such, like, a strange person. And then reading this book, I was like, oh, okay. No, they were toning it down. They were toning it down. Like, in this book, they mention at least... 50 times that Arya like knitted all of the girls' bras and had like a mohair bra that was like really itchy and they would like all wear her weird knitted bras. Yes. And also she had this like really funky funeral outfit. And then in the pilot,
0: she's just wearing a little black dress. I yeah. was like, She was in like a brightly colored like summer sailing outfit. Um I was just gonna say, I liked that they included Pictunia
1: in the pilot, but only for the briefest of moments. Her parents, like, pull it out from a box and they're like, huh, Arya loved this thing. Meanwhile, in the book, she's, like, taking Pictunia around with her. In my mind, she's talking to it. Like,
0: (laughs) the Pictunia thing is weird because, again, they are, like, super young and it's, like, so it's, like, quirky, she's carrying a stuffed pig around, but then it's like, but she is, like, 13, so, (laughs) sure. Um, yeah the bra thing is so funny because like they're they're really like I said like blatantly on the nose with being like she's so hot but so weird and like they get the like most heightened crazy example of that is how they're like she didn't realize she had giant jugs until she knitted everybody's bras and hers was the biggest like how would you not know Also, like,
1: Noel Kahn, I love how thirsty he is for her in this pilot, because that's something they sort of, like, only do a little bit in the show, and it takes a couple episodes, and they, like, really tease it out. And then in this, I love that he just, like, immediately is like, oh, fuck, like, (laughs) rolls up on her, like, the day she gets back.
0: Yeah, I truly fucking (laughs) hate Arya as a character, but I do love that sort of, like, blatantly, like, catering to teen girls aspect of being like, Oh, she's so hot and interesting, and the most popular boy in school desperately wants her, but she's like, no, I only like mature boys. I
1: only want the full-grown adult who's our teacher.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I did love that the like popular lacrosse player is just desperately thirsty for Arya, and I also love that it seems like her brother has a little crush on him. He oh, like oh yeah, he wants Noel to fuck Arya so bad. <laughs> little Michelangelo. Yes, that is so funny that they called him, his name's Michelangelo in the book, even though they only ever call him Mike, they just bring up that he's Michelangelo Mm -hmm. in the very beginning. So I was like, oh, maybe he's Michelangelo in the show too. And I just didn't notice because they always call him Mike. So I like looked it up and I was like, no, they were like, he's going to canonically be Michael. We're not going nuts with it he's one of my least favorite characters in the show honestly (laughs) yeah they never really figured out anything
1: to do with him at one point he gets like suicidal and then he just like disappears and i was like not the move with your depressed character
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's weird that they like kept michael and never really like figured out what to do with him but got rid of like emily's mean swim champion sister but i guess it is just like so similar to melissa (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: true i kind of like yeah And also, like, Emily has so much stupid shit with her parents over the years, and she's so obsessed with them and their opinions of her that I'm like, I guess it tracks that you would be an only child.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I felt like, uh, the, the book captured Spencer being a hot girl a little better. Like, she was really, like, into, like, shopping and, like, looking great and, like, really into hooking up with boys, um... (laughs) Which I liked, and I felt like Spencer was, like, actually, like, the most normal hot girl, because, like, Arya has her, like, weird, I'm just too quirky to be attractive thing, and, like, um, Hannah really bothered me, because it's literally, like, she just decided to spend the summer getting hot, and I was like, I, many, many summers, was like, I'm gonna spend the summer getting hot, and it doesn't work, you can't just do that. Yeah,
1: her and Mona both do that, and it's weird, because in the show... The A starts a rumor that Hannah got like liposuction I think Mm -hmm. and Mona gets really mad at her. Mona's like I was eating like three almonds a day and I'm like wait what? Like what was this? But then in the book really Hannah is just like very much struggling with an eating disorder. (laughs) Yeah
0: and I well I felt like in the show like her transformation made more sense because she was very clearly like a pretty girl who like just was like fat so it was like yeah she like got an eating disorder and got hot like that tracks yeah. um but I feel like in the book they like really go out of their trouble to be like she was like so acne ridden and like all this stuff that I was yeah. just like how did she just like become a hot girl in a summer <laughs> I feel like it would make more sense if she was just like a, a pretty girl who was fat like they did and um on the show. Yeah. And, like, maybe needed to get more makeup, but that's it. Something that I thought... I think she, like, dyed her hair, too. I think she... Didn't she, like, go from, like, blonde to brunette or something? Which isn't the traditional hot girl. Yeah, I thought that was weird,
1: too. It was, like, oh, she dyed her hair, like, a sexy auburn brown, and I was, like, that's (laughs) not what you do when you get hot, like. (laughs) (laughs) Something that I also thought was, like, something I didn't like about the book as much is that in the TV show, they set up Hannah's eating disorder is something that had been, like, kind of brief and something that had, like, literally been prompted by Allison. Like, Allison was like, I know how you can get rid of it and, like, all this shit. But then in the book, it's, like, caused way more, it seems, by, like, her dad. And at one point, I think, unless I'm misremembering, Allie, like, catches her and, like, tries to talk to her about it. And it's like, I I guess I liked the idea of that being, like, more connected because when Allison spoiler alert does come back Hannah is like the one who's the least happy about it (laughs) which I always thought was kind of great because I was like yeah I don't know if I was like the quote unquote ugly fat friend and my manipulative hot friend was like making me vomit and then I got hot after she left I would not want her coming back
0: yeah I agree and I feel like something that I've struggled with with, uh, Pretty Little Liars, both the book and the movie, or sorry, the show, is like, I feel like it doesn't really commit enough to its concept, and I feel like that's a good example where like, I feel like Allison should have ruined their lives more, like she should be responsible for Hannah's eating disorder and all this stuff, Um, but it sort of like ends up all sort of like wishy-washy where it's like, all she really did was like, be a little mean be so hot it made Emily gay, like, nothing, like, super bad. Yeah, no, all the
1: the shit they're, like, holding over or, like, upset with her about in this book is just the fact that she, like, knows secrets about them.
0: But she just, like, happened to be there. Exactly! (laughs) and She just, like, someone knowing your dad had an affair doesn't make them, like, a (laughs) big...
1: I know! Like, I feel like they all, like, wanted her to die. I
0: feel like this is, like, almost what,
1: like... I feel like this was almost supposed to be what the perfectionists ended up being, where it's, like, the main four were maybe supposed to be, like, suspects more? Yeah. Which, like, they rarely are in the show. And in the later season, they kind of get into, like, Spencer as a suspect for killing Allie, and it's more interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's something sort of, like, odd about the show is it feel like, very watered down and sort of, like, it doesn't, um make good on sort of the promise it's making, because it does feel like it's supposed to be, like, Allie is evil, and they, like, maybe killed a person, and then they have all these horrible secrets, but then when you really get into it, it's like, okay, like, someone's gay, someone has an eating disorder, two people are being molested, none of that is, like, them being bad. The fat one also shoplifts Lenny. (laughs) Oh, yeah, someone shoplifts.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, and the book is so weird, because it really plays everything very like, flat and realistic and, like, teenage and all these brands and, like, silly. Like, it does read, like, a good comedy, but then there's, like, moments where it gets back to, like, the kind of spookier shit of the show. Like, something that I, like, dog-eared is that, this was one of my favorite parts in the book, is that Arya has a weird dream where Allie comes to, like visit her and like Green Day is playing and Allie's like I was just in Florida like I wasn't dead and then all this goo starts like dripping out of her face and like the last thing she says before Aria wakes up is like oh I'm just rotting and I was like I could use some more of that in the book
0: yeah the book is very odd like it really doesn't feel like a mystery thriller at all no <laughs> um there's literally a part where um Aria's been back at school for like a week and she just, like, goes up to Emily and is like, did Allison ever come back? Like, people yeah! just, like, not mentioned it. Um, and that, uh, that whole vibe is very weird where, like, like I said, Spencer suspecting Andrew Campbell is literally the only time someone brings up, like, an actual suspect. Most of the time, instead of being like, who is sending these, what the fuck is going on, they're just sort of like, oh, that's, like, weird. Like, they get, like, stressed out. Yeah. But they're not, like... I'm in a thriller and need to figure out what's <laughs> no, going they're on. Like on. A they're a just sleep. like, oh, well, I have swim practice now. They're like,
1: someone's pranking me.
0: <laughs> or some shit. And it seems like there's, like, this weird element of them being like, oh, maybe it was Allie, but, like, not being, like, as alarmed by that as they should be.
1: They're way more disconnected from Allie in the book. Like, this is a little bit weird time at the beginning where, like, in the book, first of all, they're all, like, way more hesitant to, like, say they're associated with her. Like, Emily doesn't want to tell Maya about it. Arya doesn't want to tell Ezra about it. They're all, like, really trying to avoid the fact that they were, like, friends with her. And then, yeah, Arya asks Emily if Allie ever came back. And then later, Emily is thinking about that and is like, huh, Arya asked, Aria asked me if Ali came back and I got that note. Is Allie back? And I'm like, <laughs> how could both of you wonder that, like, like you would know if she was alive, guys, or, like, if that was yeah. just public information?
0: <laughs> it really, yeah, it's written in this weird way where it just, like, doesn't feel like a crime happened. It just feels like Allie, like, moved, and they're just like weird she would be leaving me notes. I thought she moved. Yeah, and
1: it's like, oh, she's tormenting me from Florida or whatever, but she's <laughs> supposed to be dead. And also, like, it just, it fe- they it's really written as if it's been, like, a lifetime since they were friends. And, like, yeah. I get that, like, it feels like it's different, and when you, like, grow up, you can feel like things really change or whatever, but just the way they talk about it, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like if this was, like, only a year or two after... We would all be pretty clear still on the situation of, like, she's dead and what happened.
0: (laughs) There's an interesting moment where um, Hannah is thinking about how much she she misses having, like, a friend group and is thinking about how, like, she's only friends with Mona, which I found a little, like, odd because she is, like, the most popular girl in school. I felt like it should have been more like she's hanging out with a whole bunch of people, but she's, like, I liked my old friends better or I like, could be more like vulnerable and real with them. I thought it was like, just strange that she's just like, I'm the most popular girl in school now, but I have one friend. I have
1: one friend who's another girl with the exact same story of like, oh, she was a loser and then took a summer to get hot and is now popular. And I'm like, well, if there's just two of you shoplifting, I don't really know that you're that popular.
0: Yeah, it seems like they're not popular. They're just like hot, bad girls, which is like cool. But it feels like that's like not what they're going for, and um, yeah, I found that like it's sort of like mixing things uh, too much in the high school world, where it's like there's a big difference between like the prop the popular prom queen and just like a super hot like shoplifting bad girl. Yeah, I was
1: like, really, like they're kind of normal. Like we don't ever really learn who the popular girls are, cause I like we guess it was Allie, but now who is it? Cause I don't think it's them. <laughs> Yeah. Because they only talk to, like, Sean and each other and their moms. Mm-hmm. Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought one of the uh, funnest sequences was when um, Hannah gets drunk and tries to have sex with her age-appropriate boyfriend. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, and In the woods. And he doesn't want to do it. Which is actually, like, did take me back to high school being like, oh, yeah, the cute boys your age don't want to have sex. Only weird adult men do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love that she like gets rejected while drunk and fucking steals his car with Mona. Yes, and Mona uh, is I so off that whole sequence. Yeah, Mona is first off super high, which was badass. Yes, that was something I really liked about the books. Was just like, um, it felt like edgier in some ways. Like there's a part, uh, there's a part when they're 13 where they're all like smoking, and I just thought stuff like that was, um very like refreshing and felt like uh oh yeah like tv can be like so just like soft about certain stuff yeah Um, I was amazed how many cigarettes were in
1: this book like they're they were constantly lighting up and being chill about it and I was like yeah I guess like you really can't fucking do that on the tv show
0: yeah and I yeah I really like that because I feel like it's so weird to be like Allison led them on a dark path but then they don't even like smoke or like DuPot or whatever yeah around. like
1: what was the dark path having secrets getting molested like <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah just like knowing about their dad's affair i guess um but yeah i thought that whole sequence where she steals the car with mona was so great and um i, I just fucking love hannah and mona i think they're always the best part they're so gay to- oh. together oh yeah i like hannah and mona so much more than any of the actual canon girl girl pairs
1: yeah, no, I like Mona Hanna or Mona Spencer or even Mona Alley or Spencer Alley <laughs> better than any of the actual gay ships that happen. I think the only yeah. gay ship that happens that I really liked, or not really liked, but was like, okay, cool, was like Emily and Alley. But they get really yeah. lame at the end.
0: Exactly. Like, Emily and Alley was cool because it was like this weird manipulative friend who like like it was like so intense um I like that and then like towards the end it started just being like what if they just like each other (laughs) that was a weird thing with Allison's character development in general was just how much like she turned into a Sunday school teacher over time yeah
1: that was so weird where it was like we're supposed to think that she was like some bad person before she faked her death and that like coming back she's like trying to be a better person, but they do that by having her, like, go to church and, like, dress badly, and I was like, no, thank you, we all liked the bad version of Allison, like, we like the version of Allison that schemes and, like, fucks people over and, like, manipulates them,
0: like. Yeah, it's, like, it's so awkward because she was, like, they do this thing with Allie where they act like she's, like, such a monster, but she's also, like, super, like, Getting molested an insane amount. Yep. Um. And so then, like, when when her trajectory ends up being like she just wants to be like a nice, boring girl in a sweater, th- I feel like it just like emphasizes that even more of like, oh, all of her bad girl stuff was just being a victim. <laughs> yeah, it feels and like they like really like roped into a lot of stuff. They really like killed her spirit. Like, I
1: don't know. Like, even in the period when she is like dead and is like a but well she's not a but when she's sort of like popping in and out of their lives um which we don't really get in this book we just get in the show but is like much better like there's a whenever i describe pretty little liars i always describe this scene that happens in season three when they're all in that uh like weird event barn that's like on fire uh, and they're trying to figure out who Redcoat is, and this is after the Mona reveal, and Mona's, like, also trying to figure out who Redcoat is, but we see someone wearing a red coat with a blonde wig and a mask of Allison De Laurentiis face flying a plane, and she, like, comes in and saves them with this mask on and stuff, and then we later learn that it is Allie, which <laughs> means that she was just, like, flying a plane wearing a mask of her own face, and it's, like, that kind of just, like, absolutely deranged shit that I am here for. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. She was, yeah, she was at her best when she was just a cartoon supervillain.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny when the town thinks Allie is, like, the Joker. Like, that's when it works best. Yes! <laughs> I did want to point out one thing that excited me because, like, this is i mean i loved this book but this is arguably not a good book um,
0: yeah.
1: but in terms of like long-term storytelling because because this is just the pilot there's like the rest of the show like this other shit we keep talking about really isn't in here because it's just the one episode but one thing that they actually fucking set up in this first book that they did not do in the pilot episode that i was like oh okay is spencer's like pill addiction which doesn't really come into the show until, like, season four, and they don't ever really talk about it before then. And it's not really discussed in this book, and I'm on book two now and they haven't mentioned it, but one thing that I fucking circled, and it's on page, like, 13, is when Al- the night Allie goes missing and her and the girls are all, like, arguing and her and Spencer are um fighting, Spencer is like, God, take a pill. And Allie goes, you think I should take a pill? And Spencer, like freezes up. And I was like, "Oh shit, we're sending up the addiction." <laughs> and I was just like so happy to be like, "Okay, something was thought through." Cuz when you watch the TV show, you fully get the impression that they're making it up as they go along.
0: <laughs> yes, especially
1: Post <laughs> Mona.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Um do you want to? I know it's not that relevant to the book discussion, but do you want to get into the final A reveal, just because it's fun to talk about? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so, for anyone who hasn't finished the show, uh, but is not spoiler-averse, uh, so, in the end, they reveal Wait, that-
1: sorry, I don't want to derail this. Should we maybe go through through all the A's are? Sure,
0: yes. Okay.
1: So- And, sorry, I hate to derail you on your own podcast, but I think it might be fun, because the last one is kind of the craziest, or the last two.
0: Yeah, take me on this journey. So
1: the first A reveal, which I believe is true to the books,
0: is Mona,
1: and that's the end of season two. And she's, that one
0: made perfect sense, Yeah, and at that point, it's just, like, a show that makes sense. Good for it. Yeah, and it, like, wraps up, and it's exciting.
1: In the TV show, they do, I haven't gone to the Mona reveal in the books, but in the TV show, I love it because, like, they put her in, a, like, a mental hospital, and the doctor who's explaining her is, like, she lives in, like an adrenalized hyper reality where she thinks like she is all seeing and all knowing and like she basically thinks she's God. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Mona Vanderwall's the best character. Um yeah. then another A shows up who like Mona doesn't even know who it is for a long time. And then we finally learn Oh, actually well there's sort of a mini fake A, which is Shauna. Ugh <laughs> In the middle. And Shauna is, like, I would just say, like, maybe part of the A crew or, like, kind of briefly takes up the A mantle. Arya kills her in season four. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> she pushes her off of uh, a stage in New York and she just, like, hits her head falling down.
0: And then Arya's a murderer. So she- Yeah, it's very funny that they do do actual murders because I still feel like the show held back too much on being dark. It's like, whenever they kill someone, it's like, not a big deal.
1: Yeah. I remember watching the pilot when it first came out. My brother was like, oh, she's totally alive. And I was like, oh, I think she maybe has like a twin. I heard that's like what the books are about. And he was like, no, she's alive. And then years later, I was like, God damn it, he was right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So then after Shauna, the big A reveal for like, really who took it up after Mona is Cece. AKA Charlotte AKA Charles De Laurentis the secret sibling of Allie and Jason.
0: <laughs> yes. Um yeah, and this was like well after the show like stopped being exciting. Yep. They were like, "No, we promise this is the big the big reveal you've been waiting for." And it's basically like it was incredibly obvious that CC was going to be a like there's a lot of reasons that make that obvious but like the thing they do to like make it interesting is introduce uh this second brother that Allie never knew about um and then be like oh who who did the brother grow up to be and then that's Cece and so like that's how they make it surprising by being like oh I bet you didn't think Cece was uh was Allison's dead brother who we never brought up before and it was like. I mean, no, I didn't think that. Because you didn't do a good job <laughs> setting that up. Like Because it's insane. <laughs> um I know. It's it's so weird. And they do like they do so many weird things to try to be like good trans allies while doing this bizarre schlocky plot. Like there's they try to make CC sympathetic by having like these flashbacks where um as, like, a little kid, Cece would, like, try to drown Allison, and, um, and her dad dad would be like, our son is trying to drown Allison, like, I'm really worried about him, and her mom would, like, step in and defend her and be like, you're so transphobic, this is just who, this is just who they are, and it's like, no, like, he should be alarmed about this child. It's like, let her wear
1: the dress, but the drowning's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) There's also, like, something that really made that whole reveal just, like, absolutely baffling and, like, not work is that, like, the timeline of Pretty Little Liars, the TV show, I can't speak to, like, later on the books, just gets absolutely fucking bonkers. And yes. that the first two seasons take place over the course of basically a year, like a school year, really, after they come back um from the one-year time jump. And it, like, tracks very evenly. Then, seasons... Three through the end of 5a take over take place over the course of like three months <laughs> like all of a sudden all the time gets slowed down and we spend a lot of time between halloween and christmas like the halloween train is in season three and the christmas party is in season five it takes them that long to go that long like and so, if you actually put it together, it's like, CC would have only been A for, like, six months.
0: <laughs> but, like, yeah, she's like built, like, layers
1: like... as if she's been doing it for years.
0: Yeah, they kept being like, no, this is gonna be, like, a big, relevant reveal of, like, the big, real A. And it's like, the only thing that really makes it relevant is that they say Cece actually knew Allison as a little kid, but, like, Allison doesn't even fucking remember. (laughs) Yeah, and,
1: like, didn't know it was her. And also, like, Cece, the character, stops, show like, disappears in, like, season four. She, like, goes off to Paris or something and runs away. So it's, like, a weird way of, like, Having a character be A, be on the show, and then taking them off the show, and then bringing them back to be like, I was A! (laughs) And it's like, it would have been so much scarier if it's someone we were seeing every episode, not realizing that it could be them or something. Um, Like, Mona is such a big part of the show, and it becomes a little obvious towards the ends that it's her, but they're also pushing it towards Melissa, like... There, there's enough mystery. But, like, the timeline doesn't make any sense. And then because she was, like, in Radley, but then also going to school and then starts dating Jason.
0: <laughs> yes. She was in, um, yeah, first off her dating Jason is amazing. <laughs> um, since, like, they're making the whole thing up, they could have just had Cece be, like, a neighbor or something. But they were like, no, it has to be a De Laurentiis sibling even though we already established she dates Jason. And it's so funny on the show because they're just like, did you go all the way? And she's like, ew, that's my brother. But it's like, but you still dated and kissed him.
1: Yep. She like shows up and it's also a deranged thing in that she doesn't go to the high school and she just shows up and she like walks into picture day and gets her photo taken and then is like homecoming queen. But she didn't even go to the fucking
0: school. Yeah. And then and part then she... of her
1: A-reveal is she, like, recreates that homecoming dance, which is great because they do play Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield, and I was like, <laughs> I appreciate the historical accuracy.
0: <laughs> um, And they they have a deal where Radley will let her go to college as long as she comes back to the institution at night, but then she also had a roommate on campus? And all the, like, transgender stuff is obviously, like, very weird, Um, and, like, the biggest thing is, like, she's played by... um a cis actress and they like make it very clear that like Charles's parent or at least Charles's dad was like not okay with this at all but she still like got enough money to have like a perfect flawless transition also while being in a mental institution and it's like just like this weird thing where they were like uh they are like tried so hard to like like I, Marlene King is so sure she's a trans out. Oh, I know. But it's just, like, none of this makes sense, like. No. <laughs> and also, like, the time, okay, so, like, the
1: timelines didn't fucking add up at all because when she and that other Radley person, Bethany Young, see Toby's mom die, they're, like, children, but Toby is younger than Cece, and Toby was, like, a teenager when his mom died. <laughs> Like, they just totally, like, just went rogue with her.
0: (laughs) What I find so weird about it is that, like, they plant enough stuff early on that it feels like they, like, had decided this, like, a while ago. So, like, for instance, like, Gossip Girl with Dan being Gossip Girl, like, that made no sense, but that's because, like, they literally just decided to do that for the finale. But, like, with the CC thing, it's, like, They planned this reveal and it still makes no fucking sense. And
1: also, some of the reasoning behind it is like batshit. So, like, uh, part of the big CC reveal is that the night Allie quote unquote died but faked her death, everyone was always like, wait, what's that body that's like actually in the grave that like looks like Allison and is wearing her shirt? And it turns out it was Bethany Young, this girl that CeCe knew at Radley coming back to, like, get fucking revenge or whatever in, like, Allie's clothes. But basically, CeCe thought it was- Oh, no, she thought it was Bethany, but she hit Allie? And so then their mom covers for CeCe? And I was like, I don't know, she put her in, like, a mental asylum. I feel like the implication here is that she, like, loved Allison more. And even then- Like, she doesn't report her daughter murdered. She just covers it up. Like, they bury her. And I was like, you couldn't have just been like, oh my god, I found my daughter. She got hit by a rock. I don't know who did it. (laughs) You had to bury her and then spend years being like, I don't know what happened to my daughter. She disappeared. I hope she's still alive.
0: (laughs) Um, And it's very funny. Uh, There's a great uh, tweet where, like, people were, like, talking about Cece and were like, this is, like, offensive and bad garbage. And I'm Arlen King, like, assumed that, like, the person was transphobic and was like, I don't care what the critics say. I'm going to keep representing <laughs> oh trans. Oh, my God. And, proud. and it's like, that's that's not what's happening here. I remember when
1: there was backlash. She was all like, I'm so happy I'm starting this dialogue or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's really bad because, like, Like you mentioned, they tried to, like, immediately redeem Cece, which is kind of lame, because, like, whoever we want A to be, I didn't immediately want them to walk it back with a bunch of reasons on how A is, like, actually a good person. You just want a real (laughs) villain.
0: But then- this person, like, tortured them very elaborately. It's not, like, a gray area. The dollhouse?
1: Fucking insane. And so, yeah. like, so then they really try to walk it back and humanize her and just be like, oh, she's sick, but she's, like, a good person or whatever, and she, like, gets treatment or whatever during this five-year forward time jump. And then after the oh, five-year forward yeah, time then jump, they're Alice like, no, 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 she was actually still evil. I was
0: like... Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so weird how they try to humanize her, and it, like, it created this weird thing where I would see people be like... I don't care if you're trans. I still think it's wrong to torture and murder people. And it, like you would be like, "Yeah, no one. No actual trans person was saying that does make it okay." Like that was <laughs> never the debate <laughs> <A> conversation.
1: <laughs> um so then that's that A reveal and then we get one more A reveal unless I'm fucking forgetting them somehow, which is well, it's confusing cuz after the 5 years forward time jump, there's an A and an AD. ADM. And so, like, we find out Allison's mom has a twin who's involved with CeCe's ex-lover, who's like this weird British doctor. But what it really all ends up boiling down to and who's like the important final A reveal is Spencer's secret fucking British twin.
0: <laughs> oh yes!
1: <laughs> uh, love twin sir literally not yes. revealed until the very final episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, good. She killed Ren.
1: (laughs) Think about that a lot.
0: I mean, that's good. She deserved to kill Ren.
1: Yeah. I think it's funny that, like, Spencer didn't, though, and it was, like, the sibling. It was the twin that, like, loved him. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. She ends up- her reasoning for being A is almost the weirdest, which is that, like, they kind of steal what they, I think, do in the books. I haven't gone there yet, but I think what happens in the books is that we find out Allie had, like, a twin- who, like, replaced her, maybe? Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I feel like I remember hearing some incident of, like, oh, one twin wanted to, like, take the other twin's life, which is also a story they tell in Pretty Little Liars a lot, like a Halloween story, and it's always confusing. Um... But they always imply that that's, like, the situation with Allison. And then at the end, it's like, no, actually, Spencer had the twin. And I'm like, how did her... Also, very uncharacteristic for Veronica Hastings to spend years silenced about this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's also weird because I feel like the the whole Charlotte story was, like, a very, like, weird, twisted version of the twin thing. Where it was, like they wanted to do the twin thing, but still make it a surprise. Yeah. But then they still fucking did the actual twin thing with Spencer. Yeah,
1: and also, like, having these, like, confusing family tree things be the justifications for who is A is, like, so boring. There were, like, so many clues in those seasons where it's like, oh, here's a child, or, like, a photo of two children who look similar. Who is whose sibling? Or, like, who is whose mother? And, like this weird toy and I got that from her and it's like I don't care who is secretly related to who Mona had a much better reason for this she yeah, wasn't an inter- like- she thought she was God <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah the the like thing I find so frustrating about this is that it's such a good idea to like it's such a like great dramatic idea to show like sort of teen cyberbullying just like taken as far as you can possibly take it mm-hmm. and I feel like Mona does that well where she's like, A girl at their school who's just like jealous of their clique and she figures out how to like taunt them um and then yeah like making these big like elaborate weird things just like isn't as fun as being like one of your classmates is like obsessed and torturing you with just much more like uh something that like everyone can relate to like a small version of that in some way
1: yeah and then like at the end it's kind of like What we find out the twins' plan is, is just to replace Spencer. And so then I'm like, well, why did she spend all this time fucking with every single member of the group? All she had to do was just, like, eliminate Spencer and take her place.
0: Yeah. And it's so weird to, like, the whole thing of being like, ugh, I just wanted your life. It's just like... You can, like, go to a school and get good grades. It's like, you
1: can it's reveal like, yourself and be like, I'm your sibling. I would like to have a similar life. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. There's nothing Spencer has that's, like, that great. Like, you can... She's already as hot as Spencer. She can get as nice of clothes as Spencer. Better accent. <laughs> she, she just wants her, like, shitty parents, which are the worst thing about Spencer's life. Like, terrible parents. After he, like... Honestly,
1: after reading the book, I was like, oh, thank God they cast Nolan North. Like, perfect choice for this, like, slimy, scummy, but, like, kind of lovable dad. <laughs> he uh, He's great in the show because just, like, every season you find out about, like, a different person he impregnated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <sighs> but also the... I thought worst thing about that very last season was how they gave Allie that incredibly creepy fucking husband. And the like most horrifying thing he does is forcibly impregnate Allie when she's like unconscious. But the thing was, the thing about it was that he used Emily's eggs that she had donated. And so it became like this like shipper thing of like, Oh my God, Allie's having Emily's baby. Like that's, Such a cute domestic thing, and that was. And it's like, this is
1: rape. Like, (laughs) yeah. This is fucked up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That was when, like, I was so into Allie and Emily for a while, and then they got sort of like, I was like, okay, it's boring now, but whatever, at least, like, I'm into it. And then it just got so fucking horrifying. (laughs)
1: And then the perfectionists, they're not together anymore. (laughs) R.I.P. it's funny, I was watching the Pretty Little Liars pilot, like, re-watching it to prep for this, and Alayum was watching it with me, and they were like- and Wilden was like, I'm gonna find out what happened to Allison or something at the end of the funeral, and Alayum was like, isn't that, like, exactly what the cop says in the pilot of the Perfectionists? And I was like, you know, I don't remember, but fucking probably, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way they frame it at the end of the episode is really as if, like, the four girls are, like, suspects. <laughs>
0: I know. Which is insane considering they keep being like, is Allie, did she come back? (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and all the promos for the show were like them like sitting on the coffin and being like, ooh, we have a secret. Like they really wanted it to feel like this is a show about people who maybe killed someone. And then you watch it and you're just like, oh, like they their dad cheated on someone, (laughs) that's their big
1: secret. Yeah, something that I think is bad about the pilot, that, like, at least this isn't in the books, is that, like, the pilot, I felt, like, really set up Arya as the main character, and that, like, I was- I thought this was, like, almost an error when I first watched it, because it's been a while since I watched the pilot, but when it cuts to the theme song for the first time, it's off of her and Ezra making out in the bathroom, and I was like- It doesn't cut to the spooky theme song, like, after Allie disappears, or, like, <laughs> after any dramatic, interesting moment. It's just, like, Arya and Ezra start, like, making out, and then it's like, got a secret, gotta keep it. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what bad timing? So, like, I felt like that, like, set that up, and then she does the shush, and just all this shit where I was like, this show's making me think that Ari is the lead, and I don't want to watch that.
0: <laughs> yeah... Yeah, the show really hangs its hat on, like, you want to watch the Arya and Ezra show. Like, that is the main appeal of this. Also, since you brought up the Arya and Ezra scene, um, I can't stress enough that they hook up for the first time in a bar bathroom in the middle of the day. Yep. According to the book, it is 2.30 p.m. In the TV show, it's 4
1: p.m. I clocked both
0: those, so (laughs) yeah, Nice. Yeah. And yeah, Ezra's just asking girls to hook up with him in bathrooms. I'm looking up something
1: that I forgot, but I wanted to reference on this podcast, which is that, so in the pilot and in the book, uh, something Arya does to kind of woo, or something Ezra does to kind of woo Arya, is that, like, a song she comes on, like, a song that she likes comes yeah. on, and he goes, oh, B-26, which is, like, the number it is on the jukebox. Well, later in the season, Aria... Uh, Ezra publishes a poem for Aria called B-26 and people screenshotted what the poem is because like she reads (laughs) it in the book and I would just like to quickly read it.
0: Yes,
1: Ezra Fitz, B-26. It's a number. It's a song. It's a girl. Smooth. Pearl joy packed. Gold falafel as through ice. It's 4.30. Morning with phone calls. It's deaf mute. It's cheap. A foreign car. Maybe bingo. Friday night. And then it gets cut off. And I was like, did they just use, like, lorem (laughs) ipsum? Like, it's just, they couldn't even, like, try to make an okay poem about this, like, golden falafel. I was just like, all right.
0: (laughs) What's so funny about that scene is, like, they desperately want Arya to be, like, this sophisticated girl where it's just like, oh, of course, sorry, I didn't know she's a teenager. She's so sophisticated. And like he references her like great taste in music. So it's like clearly supposed to be like Bob Dylan or like Etta James or something. But the fucking music person put a song by The Fray in there. This fucking weirdo. Is going up to girls and being like, you know "I the know the Frey? combination for this." The Fray song <laughs> on the Jumba. What the fuck in
1: the bathroom? Even though I'm an adult, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so that's their first hookup, and then later he like backs off when he finds out uh, she's his student. Um, but then he gets a little drunk and just like texts her to come over, which I thought was like very zero to sixty that it wasn't just like oh later they're like talking about homework and he gets tempted he like made a choice yeah she like tries
1: to make him jealous in class by kissing someone else's cheek and it works like i was like oh this is pathetic
0: like (laughs) (laughs) yeah all
1: of her little manipulations on him absolutely work
0: (laughs) yeah so then he comes over and they have another hookup and then this is where i was like it was just the worst fucking person is like later he gets like so mad at her and just acts like a little baby because he sees all of the a texts and is like oh you were making fun of me with my friend with your friends even though they're it's like very obviously like she is being stalked and harassed like yep. if he just looked at it she didn't send this person text, yes so they just started texting her This shit. that
1: happens in the show too in like episode like two or three or something like that where he like sees texts on her phone being like i know you're with Ezra or whatever, like, from A, and he, like, shits on her for it. And it's, like, you could very easily, like, just show him. Mm -hmm. Also, something that I wanted to mention, just because it was so weird to me, and I was, like, this is such, like, book logic, is that, like, there's this moment where after her family, after Spencer's family finds out about her and Ren, they're all, like, shitting on her and saying all these bad things and giving her punishment or whatever. And so... Her parents leave the room, and Melissa goes, Rotten hell, you're such a bitch, and goes upstairs to her room to, like, pack. And her parents leave the room, and Spencer is standing there for, like, a second, and she mentions she hears Melissa sobbing the whole way up the stairs and slamming her bedroom door. And then, like, immediately after, like, the next sentence, Spencer hears an ambulance coming, like, in the direction of the house, and her first thought is, oh god, Melissa has, like, hurt herself? And I'm like, but you just saw Melissa, she just walked upstairs, who would have called the ambulance? Like, she seems to think that, like, Melissa went upstairs, hurt herself, and then Melissa, like, called an ambulance for herself, that arrived immediately? So Spencer, like, runs upstairs being like, oh my god, is Melissa okay? And this is the funniest part, Melissa goes,
0: you're a whore, you're a fucking whore! (laughs) Yeah, that seems nuts. I feel like I would, like expect that from Arya or hannah but spencer's supposed to be the smart one and she's just like oh yeah that ambulance is coming (laughs) yeah i felt like they let spencer
1: be like more of like kind of like a dumb hot teenager in the book and then like in the show like oh my god her outfit killed me her like her outfit for their sleepover in a barn where they're, like, drinking and having fun was a white button-up with an argyle sweater over it. Like, what fucking teenager is this? Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to make who, Troy and uh, Belisario look dowdy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, who was your favorite of the four on the show, and then was that different when you read the book?
1: I think my favorite of the four on the show was Hannah? And then in the book, I think it's Aria. <laughs> because she's so yeah. entertaining. Like, I was, like, just looking through, like, right now, like, pages I had folded over that I want to talk about. And I was like, huh, what's this one? And I, it's purely a moment where, like, Aria's pinky touches Ezra's in class. He walks away, and she puts the pinky finger into her mouth.
0: <laughs> yeah, she is absurdly horny. <laughs> one of my favorite parts is when, um, she thinks that watching Ezra is making her feel, like, a, like, pulse in her pussy. Yes! Like, she's like, literally thinks that she's pulsating, and then she realizes that she's just receiving a text.
1: Happens all the time. Yeah. Something that was, like, interesting is I felt like the book, and maybe this is because I've gone into book two, and they kind of name it then, which is that, like, the book I feel like more directly compares Ezra to, like, her dad, who, like... Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, like, it should be that thing, because, like, her dad hooks up with a student, and now she hooks up with her teacher, like, um, I also did it, but, like, I don't know, like, the show doesn't seem to, like, put those two and two together, it's like, her dad's a bad guy for hooking up with a student, but, like, Ari and Ezra's hot!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like it did this thing where, um, I feel like Aryan and Ezra was going to be explored more as, like, a, like, more of a mistake or like at least like gray area and then I feel like because people shipped it so much they just like really pivoted into being like oh but maybe they're just soulmates and they just love each other yeah I
1: definitely felt like the show was just like oh fans like them okay and I'm curious if like further down in the books they get different like something I underlined because I was like oh well this is clearly flagging him as a pedophile like the book must think so is that he literally says to her like I could get in a lot of trouble. You don't want me to get in trouble, do you? Like,
0: oh my god! Like, (laughs) And I also feel like there was some, like, very pedophile stuff with just, like, the way he would be like, um, you know, you're just, like, so mature. You're so smart. And then, like, later when he's, like, mad at her and thinks she maybe, like, told someone, he's sort of like, oh, I thought you were mature. And, like, all of that felt very, like, aware of the behavior of pedophiles. Yeah. But then it's just, like, so hard to tell because there's so many, like extremely descriptive sexy scenes where I'm like, you're not trying to make this, like, alarming. Like, you're clearly, like, this is, like, Fifty Shades of Grey
1: for teenage girls. Yeah, no, the show, like, has... The show and the book has, like, no moral backbone on that to the point where I kept reading this and thinking I, Marlon King, wrote it and then would have to remind myself that, like, well, no, another human being wrote the book, Jane.
0: Yeah, I think, uh... Hannah is definitely my favorite in the show and I think she's probably still my favorite in the book mostly for that, like, stealing a car while drunk sequence that is, like, so good. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't that into her, like, self-esteem issues, honestly. Uh, I feel like that, like, could have worked better. Um, But I don't know. There was, like, something about it that felt a little... um, Like, I didn't believe it. I I really liked her most when she was just like being confident and cool (laughs) yeah like
1: hot hannah is always more fun because i mean the eating disorder stuff is sad even though it's real but like i think at least in the show whenever she's like feeling insecure it's like prompted by something like a will send her a text like calling her piggy or like some stupid fucking thing but it felt like in the book she would just be like god i'm stressed and then see a mirror and like start having like Mm -hmm. dysmorphia and i was like I mean, like, this is real, too, but it's, like, upsetting and doesn't really have anything to do with A.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's really brutal, Um, especially, yeah, like, whenever she would, like, remember all the stuff about, like, her dad not loving her. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. it's really sad that, like, normally in a work of fiction that would be more of a, like, not a one-to-one connection, it would be, like, you know, she has these sad feelings about her dad and they sort of, like, manifest this way. And then instead, it's just like, no, her dad, like, called her a piggy and only likes his thin, uh, step Yeah. It's weird because early in the book, they mentioned that, like, once her, it was, like, her dad implied she's a pig, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure, like, that happens. And then, like, when they actually show the scene, it's like, he didn't imply it. He fucking called you a piggy. He grabbed her
1: toe, also creepy, and called her piggy. Yes. Like, horrifying.
0: I, when I first Abuse. read that, I really thought, um, it was gonna be that Allison grabbed her toe and called her piggy, and I was like, god, I love Allie, she's so fucking mean and gay, and then ah! I said... ...said her father, I was like, oh my god. Blame.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, I just opened up to a page that, I, um, folded down, and it was... <laughs> after the Waiting for Godot, Godot disaster, Arya has to, like, do a new English assignment, uh... And part of the uh, assignment is to try an existentialist play. And Arya says existentialist was another way of saying silly and out there. So it's like, like, is she supposed to be smart or not?
0: Like, that was something I struggled with so much. Like, yeah, because during those like w- waiting for Godot parts when she's doing stuff like that, I was like, this is like genuinely like funny and just like about a stupid horny girl. Yeah. But then there are like other times where I'm just like, it feels like they want Arya to feel like, like, it feels like the book is like, yeah, she is mature. Of course, of course she wants to be with the teacher because she is mature. And it's like, no, no, she's not. No, no, did you see what she wore to the funeral? Like a silly 15 year old. Yeah. I
1: know. And the show I feel like is like, Similar. I mean, it's not... The show wasn't as funny, unfortunately. <laughs> but the show <laughs> definitely constantly true. shows her doing immature things and, like, making teenage choices and then still being like, oh, but, like, she calls her mom Ella and she takes a pottery class at the local college and, like, she's not into the high school boys. She is different. And it was like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. A lot of the time with TV, they'll be, like you see characters making terrible decisions and if you think about it you're like oh that makes sense because they're 16 but then it's like outside of when they make bad decisions for drama you're like this person acts like they have like a mortgage on a 401k <laughs> like oh I feel like they that TV shows often forget to like consistently write someone as like just a 16 year old yeah and since you're like looking at 30 year old Lucy Hale that just <laughs> makes it
1: work who's like 4 feet tall <laughs> I heard um that I heard a story once that on the pre-little liar set for like her bedroom and like rooms that she's in, they had to like scale everything like a little bit smaller to make her look like a normal size. <laughs> That's so like cute. it's like literally a dollhouse. <laughs> oh my god. Also, I flagged two things um, when I watched the pilot today that I thought were funny or just like interesting in terms of the long-term show. When Aria and Ezra meet at the bar, she orders a cheeseburger, but she's a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also he, when he meets, he tells her, I tried writing. But then we learn in season four that when he meets her, he is writing a book about Allison and she's like, research for the book. And I'm like, this is extra fucking sinister. All
0: right. We've... Jane, this has flowed so easily. <laughs> it's been, this has been like 80 minutes. Um, so we can wrap it up if you want, but I also don't want to cut you off if you have any more thoughts about this wild book that we read. I
1: think, I, I clearly don't have a lot of, I don't think I have that much more thoughts on the book. I could clearly talk about just the show Pretty Little Liars for, like, 17 years, but it's just me shouting, like, random opinions and things I notice, so.
0: It is (laughs) so easy to get into that where just, like, like the more you remember there's just like so many things that you're just like oh yeah that happened uh, I yeah I was like going down like a YouTube wormhole of just like different clips from it and just like the fact that there's so many insane things I forgot on top of all the stuff like I think about being insane like Charlotte it's, it's it's a real wild ride
1: it's insane to think that it only gets crazier like the very beginning (laughs) is the clearest simplest and most coherent pretty little liars will ever be and it's already like insane (laughs) and like one thing i did forget to mention this isn't that important but like i remember watching the show and thinking like ren was really aggressive and i just want to say he is like even more aggressive in the book
0: (laughs) yo yes ren is i mean i feel like in the book he's like arguably worse than Ezra like he like Ezra at least sort of like walks up to Arya and like talks to her and stuff and Ren is just like so quickly like I'm touching you naked (laughs) it's so weird he like
1: keeps suggesting it. he's like oh you want me to rub icy hot like on your ass like all this shit where I was like oh my god
0: yeah and it's like very unprompted like spencer's always just like existing <laughs> in a bathing suit but he's yeah. just like oh clearly you're flirting with me Ugh. yeah Ren, gross don't don't care for it yeah
1: <laughs> it's okay we know he dies later
0: <laughs> yeah that's nice <laughs>
1: <laughs> do we want to get into like our faves or like our recommendations yeah
0: okay so Uh, how would you rate out of five stars uh, the TV show Pretty Little Liars and then the book Pretty Little Liars?
1: (sighs) I think the TV show as a whole (laughs) only deserves like two or three stars for what a TV show is. I'm going to give it four because there's so much stupid shit in it that like I love. Uh, Like little moments and weird character stuff. The book I'm going to give three stars too because i actually do think it's like a really funny entertaining read uh like you're gonna have a fun time reading it but like i won't pretend it's a good book
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i thought the book was like i was like objectively this is like maybe the worst written book i've ever read it's there were so many times when I was like, it's insane this isn't a published book, just on like (laughs) a basic level of writing. And that they made more, Um, a long series. it was a hit book, (laughs) which doesn't happen that often. Um, but I, uh, I, it was an enjoyable read that made me laugh a lot. Uh, but then it also made me read so many pedophile scenes. That's fair. So I'm pretty torn. So I'm going to overall give it two stars. Um, it's It gets child porny and is also extremely just like bad. But it's a, re- it's a laugh. Yeah. So I'm going to give it two <laughs> stars. And then um, the show, it never totally sucked me in. Although I do have a lot of affection for it. Um, for just being weird. And just really going for what teen dramas do, um, I'm going to give the show two and a half stars. Nice. Nice. Um, So one thing I want to do for this podcast is end with a recommendation. And uh, if uh, the way it's going to work is if you liked the show better, which you did, uh, then you would recommend a book to fans of the show for them to read instead of the book Pretty Little Liars. Um, I gave you some time to think about this, but if you want more time to think about it, I can go first. No, I'm good. I have my book. Right. Okay, my, cool. my favorite was the TV show,
1: and my book recommendation, I will say, I don't read as much as Lenny. I'm not the book guy, but...
0: Yeah. <laughs> I start... It's very cute that you say that, because I started reading literally five months ago. <laughs> was
1: still better than me. I started reading last <laughs> week, and I started with Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> um no the book i'm gonna recommend is called social creatures and it's by uh tara isabella burton or isabella tara burton i sometimes forget she has like three names uh but it's about uh kind of similar age a little bit older girls in new york and sort of like a similar like unhealthy but like very interesting friendship where she's kind of like obsessed with this girl who's like Helping give her a better life, but then the girl's like also kind of evil. I don't want to spoil too much, but I recommend it. I think if you like all these, all this crazy shit and all these weird relationships between women, you will like it. And also, it's a pretty modern book, so she's constantly talking about like having to work part time and have sex and stuff. <laughs>
0: nice. Um, all right. I also liked the show better, and my recommendation is going to be The Secret History by Donna Tart. Uh, that's uh, a, a, considered a really great book. It is like acclaimed literary fiction, Um, but it's also basically Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> it's just like about a guy who joins a cool mysterious clique and they all have secrets. Ooh. Um, It's yes, it's very delicious. It's got some gay makeouts. Uh, <laughs> I, I really, uh, I can't recommend The Secret History enough. I read it like shortly before reading Pretty Little Liars. And often when I was reading Pretty Little Liars, I was like, Oh, this is so much like if The Secret History was also the worst book ever written. So that's my recommendation. Nice, nice. Uh, Jane, this has been so wonderful. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. I would love to have you back if you want to read more of Pretty Little Liars, or maybe we could read The Perfectionists. Um... I mean, I'm already on book two, and I am happy to read any book in this franchise for you. (laughs) Hell yeah. And watch
1: any of it and talk about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, uh, we talked for so long, but you can just, like, barely scratch the surface of what Pretty Little Liars is. No,
1: it's so hard to explain. A girl (laughs) flying a plane wearing a mask of her own face, okay?
0: (laughs) Uh, Jane... Do you have anything you want to plug? It's okay if you don't. It's just quarantine. You can plug your Twitter. Yeah, just just
1: just do my Twitter. I'm at Jane Cripe. Cripe uh, is with a C. You can probably find me on Lenny's account because I'm always giving his tweets love because <laughs> they're so good. Aw, thank um, you. Yeah, and just like, I don't know, if you want to follow me and love me and give me all of your attention and devotion and like get a crush on me, like no mm-hmm. pressure. If you want to send me some quarantine sex or love letters, like just let me know.
0: All right, I love it. And um, you guys can find Lenny Burnham on Patreon to get these episodes a month early. And you can follow me on Twitter at Lenny Burnham and you can follow the show on Twitter at Chapter Surfing. Woo! Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Jane, for being here. Bye, little liars. Do you want to learn falsehoods? Do you want to learn the (laughs) not-truths? Do you want to go to hell? Join Eric McAdams, Alayah Lockney, and Liam Sr. as they
1: go to hell. We Are Experts <laughs> is a podcast on the Major Cast
0: Network. Each episode we take a topic we know nothing about and speculate wildly to our heart's content. And then they sort of learn a little bit about the real topic at the end. But not too much. Just a little. Tune into We Are Experts. Wherever you get podcasts, whenever we feel like posting it. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts
1: Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.